My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. Now, I don't know about you, but I have always loved game shows on television. I guess for me, The Price is Right has probably always been my favorite show. Jeopardy's a great show. Will of Fortune's good. Family Feud, I've kind of been watching that a little bit lately with Steve Harvey, and I really like that. But one of the most well-known shows of all time, I guess, is the old show Let's Make a Deal, and it's back on TV now. You know, for years, Monty Hall was the host of that show, and he did a great job. It's a good show. You know, what they'll do is they'll bring a, a guest, what they call a trader, uh, kind of before the host, and they'll give the trader something of value, maybe $1,000 or $5,000 or something, and then they'll say, you can either keep that money or you can trade it for something behind door number three, door number two, door number one. And usually behind one of the doors, there's a, a toaster oven, and maybe behind the other door, there's a dozen raw eggs, and maybe behind the other door, there's a, there's a new car. And so if the, if the guest chooses the right door, he can trade in $5,000 for a new car, and that was a good trade. Well, you know, if you think about it, life's kind of like that. There are a lot of doors that we can choose from. In fact, there are really three main doors. There's the world's door. The world says, hey, if you'll come through this door, you can have money, and you can have sexual freedom, and you can have fame, and you can have houses, and boats, and cars, and planes, and and vacations, and trips, and you can meet people, and you can have all the things that the world has to offer. That's what I would call door number three. Door number two is what I would call the me door. It, in other words, the me door says, hey, just do what's best for you. And so those of the people who walk through the me door, they look at life like this is my life. These are my decisions. This is my career. It's all about me, 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 me. But both door number three and door number two, the world's door and the me door, leave us empty. They leave us frustrated. They leave us with feelings of regret and guilt and shame, and they cause hopelessness and all kinds of problems. And ultimately, they, they lead to our death, and they can even take a person to hell. And so, thank God there's another door, and it's door number one. It's the Jesus door. And if we'll walk through the Jesus door, we'll experience all the great things that God has planned for us. And so today on the program, we're going to be listening to an excerpt of a sermon that I preached recently here in our church where I talked about one of the greatest benefits of walking through the Jesus door. And that is that Jesus, as the door to the sheep, becomes our protector. And so today, I want to talk to you about how God guards the sheep pen. I pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you'll open your Bibles today to the Gospel of John, chapter number 10, I want us to see in Jesus' own words how he describes himself. And he uses this metaphor as a door. There's the world's door, the me door, but then there is the Jesus door. John 10 and verse number 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door. Say that with me. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And then Jesus goes on in verse 11 to give another description of himself. He says, I'm the good shepherd. And we'll get to that in a few weeks. But for today, Jesus said, I am the door. Now, it's interesting, back in Bible times, the sheep pen where the sheep would stay at night, this was something that everybody would have been familiar with. And so when Jesus said to that group of people, I'm the door of the sheep, they knew what he was talking about. In our minds, we don't have sheep. We don't really know much about sheep pens. Here's what they were like in Bible times. There was a fenced-in area that had a back, just like in your yard, a back fence and a side fence, and then that fence would come across the front of this particular area. The fence was not made out of wood. The fence was not made out of iron. The fence, most of the time, was made out of rocks. In other words, the shepherd would have, over a period of time, taken rocks and built a fence high enough so that the sheep couldn't get out. Built it around the back, built it around the sides, built it across the front. But when it came time to put the door in, or to put what we might call the gate in, they didn't do that. They didn't put that there. Instead, the shepherd himself would become the gate. Now, I was reading a story yesterday afternoon about a man who was evidently traveling in the Middle East because he got in a conversation with an Arab shepherd. And the Arab shepherd had shown him this sheep pen that he had made for his sheep. And, and he was explaining and describing the area, you know, all around there. And this traveler said to the shepherd, he said, are you telling me that at night you put all your sheep in that pen and they stay there all night long? And the shepherd said, that's right. And he said, but aren't there wild animals out here in this part of the, uh, in this part of the desert? And he said, yes, there are wild animals. And he said, but don't, wouldn't the wild animals want to devour and eat your sheep? And he said, absolutely they would. And the traveler said to the shepherd, I don't see how they don't get in there. He said, this fence that you've built has no door. And if it has no door, what keeps the wild animals from going in? And that shepherd laid down on his side put his hand kind of underneath his, the side of his head, and he looked up to that traveler with, his, with a smile on his face, and he said, I'm the door. And then he said to the man, he said, as the door, I don't allow any, during the night, there's no way that a wild animal could ever get in this sheep pen without first coming through me. And if I sensed a wild animal or if a wild animal came up upon me, I have the weapons I would need to fight off and to kill that animal. He said, not only that, as the door, there's no way that a sheep could ever come out of the sheep pen without stepping on me. And if it stepped on me, it would wake me up and I would force the sheep back into the pen. Talk about a good illustration there of eternal security. We can't lose our salvation. Jesus has got us blocked in and I'm thankful for that. But when I read the other statement yesterday, where the, where the shepherd said, nothing can get in the sheep pen without first coming to me. That statement so gripped me and so spoke to me, I just decided that I was going to have to change my whole sermon for today. What I was going to do in this sermon was to give you several benefits of walking 
through the Jesus door. In other words, if you'll go through the Jesus door, you'll experience this and this and this. And that's still a needed sermon. I want to preach that next Sunday morning. But what I want to do today is not even get into all the benefits. Yes, he's the door. Yes, we have to go through him to get saved. Yes, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, so many, many wonderful things happen in our lives. And I want to talk about that next Sunday. But today, I just have one simple thought for you. If you are saved, if you are a child of God, friend, that means you are in the sheep pen. And Jesus, the door that got you in, is also the door that protects you. And nothing can come into your life without first going through Jesus. Now, I had an illustration that happened to me last night as a week ago that ties in and fits so beautifully with how Jesus, as the door, protects us from anything that could hurt us. It was about 7 o'clock last Saturday night, and I was in my kitchen, and I was getting hungry, and I decided I need to just make a little something simple for, uh, for dinner, and so I was, I was washing my hands, getting ready to do that, and I looked out the kitchen window, and I just get almost cre- the creepy feelings thinking about this, but when I looked out the kitchen window, I saw slithering out of my neighbor's yard a snake into my driveway and coming to me. I couldn't tell if it was a boa constrictor, a python, or a king cobra. It was one of those. No, really. But seriously, that snake was somewhere between six and eight feet long. And it was black and silver. And so I'm standing there at the sink looking at this. And I'm thinking, now, God, this ain't a good situation. I got to do something about that. So I went out to my garage, and I was thinking, well, when you see a snake, you know, my philosophy on snakes is the only good snake is what? A dead snake. And I said, this snake's fixing to be dead. And so what do you do when you see a snake in your driveway and you, you go get a shovel or a hoe, and I'm just going to get a shovel, and you cut the head off that snake and it's over with. Well, as I was, first of all, when I went out into the garage and just almost into the driveway watching that, when I got out there, the snake just stopped. So I said to myself, it has sensed my presence. It knows. <laughs> it's met it. And so I watched it for a second, and I was, had two, th- honestly, two thoughts going through my mind. I thought, what I should do is go get the shovel, kill the snake. Only problem was, I was wearing a pair of shorts, and that snake had already kind of lifted up its head a little bit. And I thought, if I go out there and miss, that snake could strike me, and it could be over. So I was thinking, if I didn't have, it's a python, remember? And so I'm thinking... If I'd had a pair of jeans on instead of these shorts, so I was thinking, maybe what I should do is go in the house and put on a pair of jeans. Then I was thinking, you can't take your eyes off a snake like that. So that's not a good option. So I felt like I didn't really have a good option because even though I, we've all killed snakes, I don't know if I've ever killed snakes in a pair of shorts and house shoes, and that's what I was about to do. <laughs> so I had a thought run through my mind. This is the truth. I had a thought run through my mind. Rebuke the snake. Speak to the snake. Just like if it was a dog. Just like if you're a parent and you're out walking your kid through the neighborhood and a pit bull comes up, what are you going to do? You're going to get between that dog and your kid. That's your responsibility. You're going to protect that kid. Well, I don't have any kids, but I'm protecting myself. And so I was watching that snake, and it was just like God said, rebuke the snake. Speak to the snake. I don't even know if I believe in stuff like this, but I did it. I said to that, just like I would speak to a dog, I said to that, and this was my tone and inflection. I said, get out of here. Just like that. Isn't that intimidating? I mean, that scared you right there, didn't it? <laughs> We just lost 25 people. They just let. No, I'm not talking. I'm talking about how did that snake. I said, get out of here. As God is my witness, when I told that snake to get out of there, 
that snake did a 180 and went right into my neighbor's yard. I've never been so happy in my life. That snake was right back in that, my neighbor's yard. And I, so I, I watched it slither into the grass, into the flower bed, probably back, by, you know, snake been long gone. But then I got to thinking, snakes don't have ears. How did that snake hear me? Have you ever done a study on how snakes hear? I never had, but I looked it up. How do snakes hear since they don't have ears? This is true. It, they don't have ears. You can tell that by looking at them. But did you know a snake can sense the sound waves coming out of your voice? And when a snake hears sound waves, what happens is a vibration starts taking place in the head, or what we would call the skull of that snake. And so when a snake begins to hear loud sound waves and that vibration gets bad enough, that snake says to himself, I've got to get away from these sound waves. I've got to get away from that voice because it's causing my head to shake. It's causing a vibration in my skull. And that's why that snake goes away. Now, when I read what I read yesterday about that shepherd who said to that traveling man, I'm the door and nothing can get to the sheep without first coming through me. It just gripped me. And then I thought about that snake coming to my house and I said to that snake, get out of here. And that snake did a 180 and went the other way. I said, what I did to that snake is what Jesus does to the snakes trying to come into the sheep pen. He speaks to them. And if you think the sound waves coming out of my voice are strong, can you imagine the sound waves coming out of Jesus' voice, what they do to the devil and every demon of hell? And Jesus says to those poisonous, destructive serpents that come against us, get out of here. And they hear his voice, and they turn around, and they go the other way. I've written it down like this in my notes. I think it is so very practical. Number one, you need to understand this. Anything that could harm you, Jesus keeps out of the sheep pen. Anything that could harm you. Only when we get to heaven will we look back on our lives and see things that came against us, see circumstances that threatened us, see people who try to take us down. And when we get to heaven, we'll look back on that and we'll say, God, that snake was coming right on in the sheep pen. And God, I didn't even know it was out there. I didn't even see the snake. And yet, Jesus, as the door, as the guard, as the gate to the sheep pen, you rebuked that snake. And that snake, that devil, that demon, that, that evil thing that was coming against me, when it heard your voice, it began to feel a vibration in its skull. And it did a 180, and it went the opposite direction. What confidence that gives us to know that anything that could ever harm us, Jesus keeps out of the sheep pen. Number two thought I had, anything that could help you, he might let in the sheep pen. Anything that could help you. See, sometimes in life, we go through difficult things. There are probably some of you today listening to this message say, John, that's a great illustration. Loved about the shepherd saying, nothing can come into the sheep unless it first comes through me. I love about the snake, how you spoke and it turned around. But some of you today, if you were honest, you would say, John, at this time in my life, there is a snake in my sheep pen. And this snake is threatening to destroy me. It may be the snake of cancer. It may be the snake of unemployment. It may be the snake of a nervous breakdown. It may be the snake of depression. It may be the snake of anxiety. It may be the snake of fear. It may be the snake of some relationship that seems to be coming unraveled. And you say, John, I love that analogy. I love how you turn that snake around. I love what Jesus... But there's a snake that's gotten in this sheep pen. 
And I'm saying to you today, on the authority of God's Word and based on what Jesus said, that snake that has gotten in the sheep pen of your life never could have gotten in there unless Jesus had let it in. Before that snake got to you, before that snake got to your family, that snake had to come through Jesus. And Jesus could have rebuked it. Jesus could have turned it away. And you say, well, if he's good, if he's loving, if he's that powerful, why did he let the snake in? Because Jesus knew that if you would respond properly, that that snake that he has allowed into the sheep pen of your life would ultimately be used for your good and for his glory. Why do people get Alzheimer's? Why do people have dementia? Why do people have heart attacks and strokes? Why do people have physically disabilities? I don't know the answer to any of that. I only know this, that we serve a sovereign God who's absolutely in control. And what that shepherd said to that traveler is right. Nothing gets in the sheep pen without first coming through the door, without first coming through the shepherd. Friend, what a liberating thought I'm giving you today. This is why God just said, shut me down yesterday. He said, that rest of that stuff, you preach it the next, tomorrow. You stand up there in both morning services and make it as clear as you possibly can to every heartbroken, to every confused, to every pain-ridden, to every troubled soul out there that that snake that is currently in your sheep pen only got there because Jesus let it in. And he never would have let it in if it had the power to destroy you. He only let it in because somehow it has the power to help you and to bless you and to strengthen you and to build you up. That snake in your sheep pen, we can say it this way, it's not a poisonous snake. You say, John, I think it's poisonous. It's cancer pretty poisonous. What if this snake, what if this cancer kills me? Good news for you today. Cancer can't kill a child of God. It can kill your body, but it can't touch your soul. What did Jesus say? Don't fear the things that can kill your body. Fear God who can punish both body and soul in hell. That snake in the sheep pen is not poisonous, and it's not going to do you harm if you respond properly. What I'm saying is what confidence, what freedom, what liberty that gives us to know, God, this thing I'm facing, this battle I'm fighting, this circumstance, this situation, this mess I'm in, God, before it got to me, it came through you, and it never would have come through you to me unless you knew that it had the potential to work for my good and for your glory. And so here's what I wrote in my notes yesterday when I was rewriting this sermon. Why would God let that in? Some of you today have a snake, and you know what that snake is. And you're trying to figure out, God, why would you have let that snake in the sheep pen? I jotted out three things yesterday. Number one, to strengthen your faith. To help you to understand that God is bigger than that snake. That God is stronger than that snake. That that snake is at the mercy of God. To strengthen your faith and to cause you to trust Him more. Number two, to clarify your perspective on life. Sometimes God allows us to go through things. I think of some things I've been through in my life. And through some of the experiences I've had, yes, God has certainly strengthened my faith. He's purified my character. He's done a lot of good things. But one of the things God has done, He's clarified my, pers- my life's perspective. And help me to see the brevity of life, the uncertainty of life, the purpose of life, the meaning of life, that we should devote our lives fully to God. None of us has been promised a hundred years that on this earth. But the number three thing I wrote down yesterday, I thought this was so good. Sometimes God allows snakes in the sheep pen, not just to strengthen our faith, 
Not just to clarify our perspective on life so things are clear. Hey, this is not, life ain't about just making money. Life's not about developing a name for ourselves. Life's not about getting a bigger and better house. Life is about God and knowing Him and serving Him and being conformed to the likeness of Christ. That's what life's about. And sometimes it takes a snake in the sheep pen for things to get clear to us. But one of the reasons sometimes God lets those snakes come in is for this. Listen to this. So that we can feel what other people are feeling. I think sometimes in life God allows us to walk through some deep valleys and through some deep waters. And it's maybe not even primarily for us. Not just to strengthen our faith or to clarify our purpose or to purify our character. All those things. But sometimes God allows us to have those experiences so that we can feel, just get a feel, a taste of what other people feel. How, how can you relate to somebody who's battling depression if you've never been depressed? Now, I'm not saying it's good to be depressed. I'm just saying if you're battling depression today, one of the things God wants to bring out of that as He delivers you from that, He wants to help you to be, able, to be better, to better empathize with people who are battling depression. You can align that with anything. And so God sometimes allows these difficulties into our lives so that we can feel what others are feeling. We can taste. Without some of the problems we've had in life, we wouldn't even understand. We wouldn't be able to taste and to feel physical pain. If you've never had some pain in your body, how are you going to be able to minister to somebody who's, who's going through physical pain? If you've never had something challenging in a, that, that broke your heart emotionally, how effective are you going to be to help somebody else? And so sometimes God says, in order for you to be not only the best Christian that you can be, but in order for you to be the best minister that you can be. I'm not talking about ministers like on our job. I'm talking about all, we're all ministers. God says, I'm going to let, you, I'm going to let some snakes in the sheep pen. But when they get in there, just remember they're not poisonous. They're not going to hurt you. Not really. And just remember this. I never would have let those snakes in if I did not ultimately intend to use it. For your good, God says, and for my glory, if you will respond appropriately. That is so encouraging to me to know that if we are in the sheep pen that Jesus has us covered, he has us protected, and nothing can come into our lives without first coming through him. Let me ask you a simple question today. Are you in the sheep pen? Has there ever been a time in your life where you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart to forgive your sins and to make you a Christian? He said it himself, he is the door. And if we're going to go to heaven, we have to come through Jesus. Would you just pray this prayer today? Wherever you might be, maybe you're driving down the road, maybe you're in your home, maybe you're at work, or maybe you are in the hospital. Who knows where you might be listening today? But if you don't know for sure that Jesus Christ is living in your heart, pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you, the only door to heaven. And I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. Thank you that you'll never leave me. Begin now to make me the person you want me to be. In your name I pray, amen. And friend, if you prayed that prayer today, God has heard you and God has answered that prayer. Jesus has come to live in your heart. You are now in the sheep pen, 
and you are safe. And for the rest of your life on earth, nothing will ever get to you without coming through Jesus first. And so we want to say congratulations to you. Now, before we end our broadcast today, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine today named Rick Lipsy. Rick has been on our church staff here at First Baptist in Pasadena for over 20 years. It's interesting that when Rick first came on the staff, I was the senior high student minister and he became the junior high student minister. And so we worked together in that role for many years. And then I started doing other things here on the staff. And Rick, you're kind of heading up our media ministry now and helping us in that way. But as far as this radio program is concerned, Rick, tell us a little bit about our website and how the people listening today can go to our website and what they might could find there that would be a help to them. Thank you, John. Our website is peacebybelieving.org. On there, there are several helpful resources. One is a section on how to find peace with God. Also, you can listen to all of our past programs. And then a very helpful section is a section of booklets. On there, you can find one booklet in particular called The Lord is My Shepherd that would be very helpful following today's message. It talks about how to make Jesus the shepherd of your life and to how he can guard you in that sheep pen. You can also find a contact us section where you can order physical booklets. Well, Rick, I I just wanted the people to hear your voice today. I think you're going to do some more work with us in the weeks ahead. And so uh, thanks for being with us today. I hope you'll join us next time.